0: Hey everyone, I'm Stephanie, host and head bookologist here at the Get Literate Podcast. I'm a book-loving, notebook reader and writer on a mission to change lives, one book and one notebook at a time. On this podcast, we explore the power of bookology and leading literate lives. We talk all things books and reading and notebooks and writing mixed in with mindful practices and creativity to create lives we love. You can expect regular weekly episodes focused on three books you need to know about on a bookish theme, and how to bring those themes to life in our actual lives too. You can also expect author interviews, notebooking inspiration, and topics to help us grow through what we go through and take inspired action to make our lives better. So grab a notebook and your TBR list and let's get literate. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Get Literate Podcast. Now, normally on the last day of every month, I talk about what I've personally been reading, writing, learning, and loving all month long. Now, today isn't technically the last day of January, but it is pretty darn close. So today, instead of a typical episode, I am here with my monthly Literate Love episode. We have been really busy inside this Get Literate podcast as well as my Get Literate Patreon community. If we think about the episodes this month alone, we've had three amazing guests. We had Beejil Shaw to talk about bibliotherapy. Nicole was here to talk about her Right Habit Planner. And Terry M. Brown was here talking about her newest, most wonderful book, Daughters of Green Mountain Gap. But I am here today with a solo episode, all ready to talk to you about what my January literate life has been like. Now, if you're not in my Patreon community, you might not know what my one word theme of the year is, and actually scratch that. It's a one word theme of the month that I do continue on, but I tend to change as I go month by month, as my life change and the world changes. But my one little word for January of 2024 was matter, matter. I wanted to figure out how to matter in the world just as I am. I did not want to get caught up into the New Year's resolutions and all of that over-the-top goal setting. I just wanted to be okay exactly where I was. I wanted to matter. I wanted those that I love around me to matter. And I wanted to start to figure out how I wanted to matter in the world. And that meant instead of embracing goals, instead of embracing intentions, it was embracing feelings. So my three New Year's feelings that I wanted to cultivate was number one, to wake up pain free and feeling good every day and to feel physically and emotionally well all day long. Number two is I wanted to have a happy, joyful, content, calm home with lots of wonderful connections of the people who lived in it and around it. And then number three, I wanted to figure out how to keep doing what I love and do it more and in different ways and bring on this feeling of abundance around the work I do and around financial security as well. So that was a really great way to start January. Not thinking about a thing to accomplish or something to reach, but just deciding to feel a particular way every day. And if that is your resolution, that's really easy to accomplish because we can control the way we feel. may not be able to control what happens to us, but we can try to control the way we respond to it. That was the mindset that I was in for January and my reading and writing, at least the plans I had for my reading and writing and learning followed that one word theme. So let's start with what I was reading. I have three books that I wanna share with you. Now I plan out my monthly intentions, my monthly feelings on my monthly Literate Love graphic organizer. It was made by the amazing Christy Zimmer, the guided journaler who makes these beautiful printables. And each month, at the very beginning of the month, I sit down with a blank organizer and I create. I represent what I want to read, write, learn, and love on the page. And I try to do so in a creative way. So one month I might watercolor like I did in December. But for January, I actually took these very small post-it notes and wrote feelings all over them that I wanted to cultivate. Here were some of the feelings. Authentic, hopeful, calm, peace, ease, joyful, fun, light, content, significant, inspired, and love. And so I planned my reading and writing intentions around that. Now, I will say that I only hit my mark 50% of the time. So in terms of what I wanted to read in January, I only read two out of the four things I had planned, but I did end up taking my reading in a different direction. So the first book I want to share is one that I already mentioned on the podcast because I could not wait. It was the first book that I read in 2024, and I knew instantly that it was going to be very, very hard to top this book. The book I'm talking about is The Book That Matters Most by Anne Hood. This book is a tribute to so many things. The power of books to heal, the power of a bookish community to support and lift its members, The complications of family, heartache of loss, potential for hope, always was the big message at the end. I was enamored with this book. I loved Ava and the cast of characters that surrounded her. I got to meet her daughter, Maggie, her mother, Charlotte, a bookstore owner, even a police investigator. Now together, they told the story of a heartache that followed all of them throughout their lives. And the one thing that did console them was this one particular book. And it's that book and bookish threads that connect all of them together. So it's told in alternating chapters from Ava's point of view to Maggie's. And they are both on a mission to heal in very different ways. But they both find solace in books, particularly one special title, And in finding that piece in books, they find themselves on the pages, and then they find each other too. I ended my review online with this sentence, this book is everything. And it really, really is. Now I admit, I have read another book since then that is neck and neck in the running, the best book so far of 2024. I mean, how lucky am I to have read both of those in January? I'm not going to reveal what that title is yet. I have a whole episode that is dedicated to that title coming up, so you'll just have to wait. But The Book That Matters Most by Anne Hood is one that's at the top of my list that I think you will love. If you love books, if you love life, if you love getting through life and figuring out how to intertwine those two things together, the book that matters most needs to be on your TBR very, very soon. Now, up next was a book that I planned to read, and I actually did. It is a young adult book called The Blood Years by Elena K. Arnold. Now, if you love children's literature, then you already love Elena Arnold. She has written a lot of books for kids, both young adult books and um earlier readers as well. So I knew I was going to love it. What I didn't expect though, is how powerful it was because my previous experience with her was reading her books like A Boy Called Bat, *Harriet Spies, Carla Jean Cracks the Case. Those were the early grade books that I loved that warmed my heart and made me love her writing. So I really was surprised when I saw this book to see that she's actually written many, many more books, including these powerful young adult novels. Now, *The Blood Years*, which is her most recent novel, it didn't just warm my heart; it stole it, truly. So, in it, we meet Frederique and her family living in. I'm gonna. I'm gonna butcher this, but. Oh, I looked it up on Google, I tried to practice, and I figured I would. I would butcher that. But it begins with a typical event, typical events of a growing girl's life. School events, dance classes, squabbles with an older sister. But soon, as a reader, you realize there is much, much more to uncover in this book. Very complicated family relationships the heartbreaking effects of war, of illness, and of lives lost too soon. So this truly is an unforgettable book, and it's based on Elena's grandmother's account of growing up in Holocaust-era Romania. And it opens readers' eyes to the many stories that are still untold from that terrifying time. It's one of those books that's just going to make you stop literally stop in your tracks take your breath away it's going to make you think it is going to make you cry and it's going to make you appreciate all that you have today and while this book is highlighting the harrowing experiences of some from the past the unfortunate truth is that many marginalized groups are still experiencing hate in the world today which makes it a historical novel with current relevance. I still can't shake some of the scenes of this book. And if I'm honest, I probably shouldn't try to, because it's reading novels like these that can help us choose a better today. It can help us choose to make today better for other people, for ourselves, for the world, by changing our perspective and what we think and what we might do as a result. And as Elena puts in her author's note, novels like these and the people that read them can then go build the world with love. Truly powerful book, The Blood Years by Elena K. Arnold. Now up next, I'm taking a hard left turn into the world of nonfiction personal development. This book, this book could be life-changing for you, truly. Mind to Matter, The Astonishing Science of How Your Brain Creates Material Reality by Dawson Church. Now, you've heard me talk about wooey things on this podcast before, about how our mind influences our actions, of how our vibration and our frequency influences how we feel, of how we can manifest things, of how the universe works. You know I love finding more about that. This book talks about all those wooey things in relation to science. And in it, Dawson Church, oh my gosh, he just gives readers inspiration, information, but even better yet, the science-based rationale and the practical applications you need as a result of them to change your life by starting with your thoughts. The big message in this book is that thoughts become things. Now, no, we can't just sit here, imagine some beautiful tropical beach and have that beach suddenly appear in reality in front of us. It's not what we're talking about but the thoughts that we think influence the ways that we feel and the actions that we take in our lives and then those things together become the things that we end up surrounding ourselves with and it's true and if you don't believe me read the book because he gives you the brain science behind it it's fascinating it's, it's just truly fascinating so if thoughts become things and they do then we have the power to surround ourselves with a life we love. We have the power to literally heal ourselves from all sorts of sickness and trauma and figure out a life of our own design. I was all over this book. I highlighted it. I sticky noted it. I even dog-eared it. I reread it, and then I reread it again, and then I wrote about it, and I journaled about it, and I wrote quotes in my quote collection notebook, This book was just full of mind-blowing science. Now I will admit, it is very, very dense and it's pretty big. And I did skim some of the sections, but even doing that, there are so many profound truths inside this book that once you read them, you can't unread them and you, you just can't help but think about them and try these little experiments in your life. And I'm telling you, I'll give you an example a little bit later in the things that I loved telling you. It was amazing. So it is a powerful book. And if this kind of stuff interests you, I definitely recommend you take a look at Mind to Matter by Dawson Church. Okay, so those are the three books that I wanted to share that were related to my reading life. And now I want to take a little look into my writing life. Now I have shared before that I have a complicated relationship with my morning pages routine. I love my morning pages. I love journaling about what's in my head so that I can get it off of my head and onto the page. But when left to my own devices, I tend to do the same thing in my notebook morning after morning after morning. Complain and vent and be negative. And I I know that's good because then I'm getting it out of my head and out of my body and onto the page, but I just can't help be disappointed with myself that when I have time alone with a notebook, I just go there all the time. And if that's you too, rest assured, that's okay, right? We can do it our notebooks, whatever we need to do, but I wanted something different. And so I created this month, what I'm calling a very boring name, but it's my journal jar. It's my journal jar. It is a mason jar that my grandparents gave me full of homemade vanilla frosting for Christmas (laughs) because they know I love frosting. I cleaned it out. My daughter wrapped this beautiful, colorful bow around it. And inside it, I am filling the journal jar with little squares, actually no, little rectangles of colorful pieces of paper. And on those colorful pieces of paper, are prompts that I could write from. And I've been collecting these prompts from everywhere. Um, The books that I read, my favorite podcasts, things that I happen to see online, browse on social media, and even things I might overhear of other people's conversations. I just write them all down. I keep them in my journal jar and I pull one out when I need inspiration. Now, some mornings I don't need it. I want to write in a particular way. But other mornings when I feel like I've been in a morning pages rut or just want to do something different and have myself represented on the paper in a different way, I pull one of these cards. My favorite one so far, and I've had a couple of them, but my favorite one so far is from Lovey Jones. What's sitting on your spirit that you can put to paper to get off of your chest? I love that one. What's sitting on your spirit? How can we write about it so that you can walk away from your notebook feeling lighter because it's off your chest? So I've been posting one journal jar prompt from my collection on my Instagram feed. Actually, I have it on Facebook too. I have been posting them on my social media feeds every Saturday morning because I figured the weekend is a perfect time to get some writing in because our days are often a little bit slower. And maybe they're still really busy, but the mornings often can take a little bit of a later start, which means I have a little bit more time to write. So those morning page experiments are going beautifully. And if you want to see some of them in my journal jar, make sure you go to whatever Instagram or whatever platform you like, Instagram or Facebook. I even put them on Twitter as well. And take a look. And maybe you can save them or jot them down on your own journal jar to spark your own notebook writing. Now, the other piece of writing that I've done, it actually was a prompt that I put in my journal jar, but I want to talk about it specifically because it was such a powerful exercise. Now, if you've been listening, you know that I love Beth Kempton. She is the author of The Fearless Writer, of Calm Christmas. She has a Calm Christmas podcast. She has this beautiful course called Do What You Love for Life. She's wonderful. She just embraces the kind of way of being in the world that I would like to be. And so I devour everything that she puts out. And she put out this article on her substack titled, "Warning." may contain audacious dreams how to manifest anything and a secret revealed if i build it will you come and in the post she talks about her audacious dream which right now is to build a retreat center for writers in her neck of the woods and was putting the idea out into the universe to see how it would be received now if i lived across the pond i would be there in a second Maybe I'll get there one day. I'm hoping she keeps that audacious dream going. But what I loved about her article is that she talked about what she did so many years ago in a retreat in her own that actually led her to the life that she has now. So it was a retreat. They did creative works. They did meditations. And she, of course, had her notebook. And in her notebook she wrote a couple of things. Short-term goals, things that could be done in plus or minus 10 days. And then more short-term goals, things that could be done in plus or minus one month. Then medium-term goals, things that could be done in plus or minus 100 days. And then bigger goals, things that could be done in about a year. And then there was a three-year goal. So she just put all of these goals down? What are my big audacious dreams? And then what might my other goals be in order to get there? It was such a practical way of putting your dreams down, but then putting down steps that you could actually take in this very moment today to get closer to them. I instantly went to my notebook. I did did this word for word. I put down my dreams. I put down the things that I could do. And it instantly made those dreams seem doable which I think was the power of her piece. I think it's perfect for any time of year, but thinking about January and thinking about the dreams that you might have and the actions that you could take in the moment to do them is pretty powerful. Let me read this one paragraph to you that really spoke to me. Write down your dreams, however audacious and impossible they might seem, but then hold them gently. Forget about the timeline. You aren't in control of that. Close the notebook, get on with your life. Choosing every day to do the things which are most likely to take you in the direction of those dreams without being attached to the form of their manifestation or the schedule for them coming true. And then see what happens. Take action, let go. Take action, let go. Dance with the universe and trust in the power of your notebook. Prepare to be amazed. And when the time is right, tell people about it. Oh, I just loved that paragraph. I think all of you right now should press pause if you are in a position to do so. Get out your notebook, write to that, and then come back and listen to the rest of the podcast. Because now we're going to move on to what I've been learning. So, my goal in January was to matter right but i wanted to figure out how i could do the things that i love without wasting any time doing them so when i did my calendar audit that rachel hollis recommends and if you want more guidance on how to do this calendar audit i have a whole bonus post inside my patreon community that walks you step by step by step of how to do a calendar audit and then make a calendar that your future self would love based on things that matter to you. You can go into the Patreon group and you can take a listen. Because of that calendar audit, I realized that I have so many things that I love to do, but I often waste time doing them because I don't have a system. I don't have a clear routine, set order of steps that if I did, I could save myself time. I could not forget to do certain things on certain days that I wanted to do. And I could just make life more streamlined. So I really wanted to, in my work with the podcast, with the Patreon group, with the things that I create and share, I wanted to create some workflows. I wanted to create systems around those steps. And I wanted to create a batch schedule so that I can start to really get ingrained that I do these things on Monday and these on Tuesday and these on Wednesday and so on and so forth, which may seem completely boring to you, but actually makes me so happy to know that I have those things taken care of so that when they are, I've got more time to do some of those spontaneous things that make life more fun. So I spent some time thinking about all of those things I need to do each week to keep the podcast and this part of my world running. I wrote them down. I created workflows. I assigned those workflows to a specific day of the week, and then I put it on my calendar, which is a huge lesson I got from the calendar audit. I say that I want to do a lot of things, but if I don't create create space for them on my future calendar, I'm never going to do them. I have to build my calendar for the life that I want to have, not the life that is actually my reality. And that was a big mind shift. So I did it. Happy to say I did it. If you want to learn more about systems and workflows and kind of batch scheduling like that, I highly recommend you go find Tanya Dalton online. I'm linking to a podcast episode of hers called Making Systems Work for You. But you could also take a look at her book that talks about this in depth called FOMO. No, no, no. Oh my gosh. I just completely got it mixed up. Jomo, the joy of missing out. And she walks you through a lot of these systems. I did it, they're working. I feel a little bit more relaxed about the things I have to get done and I'm getting them done faster, which leaves more time for the other stuff. That was a huge learning curve for me. So that was primarily where most of my learning attention focused in January. Now, looking at what I loved, I had hoped to do 3 things. I wanted to visit my local salt cave. I wanted to attend a session of the Poetry Federation. And I wanted to focus on some more fun things in my family life. I can say that I did one out of those 3 things. <laughs> Which one do you think it is? Just just yell out your guess to me like I would hear it. What did I do? Well, I signed up for and attended a bibliotherapy slash poetry therapy session. I did it and I loved it. Now, here's the thing that really annoyed me, though. I signed up for an open poetry peer group, which basically is a group of people from around the world who love to read and who love poetry and who want to do a shared reading and interpretation of a particular piece, and then think about how it can connect to their own lives and ultimately make their life better. I mean, it's perfect for me. I showed up, there were 30 something people from all over the world. We got to talk in small groups about low stakes things like the weather and what we need in groups in order to feel safe. Then we moved into listening to the reading of a poem And then we read the poem together, and then we journaled about it, and discussed it, and talked about it, and made plans for thinking about how we can take what we've learned into our actual life. It was the perfect kind of workshop for me. The thing that annoyed me is that my internet connection decided to stop working about halfway through. And the thing is, with these groups, they're not recorded because they are so personal. So I unfortunately only got to attend half of the session, but I loved that half so much that I do plan to do another one in the future, maybe February, maybe March, but I loved it. I plan to dive in deep to that whole process of why I loved it so much, and then maybe recreate those workshop settings in my own Patreon group. So that was definitely a task an activity that was checked off my list. I unfortunately did not make it to the salt cave and I really, really want to. So this is going on my list for February, I promise. (laughs) So the salt cave is this wonderful place near me that literally is a cave of pink Himalayan salt. It is absolutely beautiful and is said to have had a lot of health benefits. I am going to get there. You just go in, you spend a certain amount of time in the salt cave and you can do whatever you want there. Sometimes they show movies if you wanna watch a movie in the salt cave. Other times you could just go and sit or do yoga or read or write or whatever you want to do. So I do plan to sign up for my 45 minute session in February and maybe you can follow up with me to make sure I do it. So that's what I've been reading, writing, learning, and loving. On the bottom of my monthly literate love graphic organizer, there are three things I ask myself at the end of each month to help me reflect and to help me think about the next month. Lessons learned, things to hold on to, and ideas for next month. So what is one lesson that I learned this month? And I didn't even hint at this lesson. But this lesson came through a lot of listening to one particular podcast, which is Kathy Heller's podcast. You know, I love it. I listen, excuse me, I listen religiously. And something kind of hit me with a, a, a light bulb moment this month. At the end of this month, as I was listening again to an episode, and it's this, I have to get over myself. I have to get over myself. My emotions do not have to be connected to others' thoughts. There you have it. I have learned that the way I matter is based on what other people think of me. If someone is unhappy with me, then I'm unhappy with me. If someone in my world that I love is sad, then I'm sad. If someone thinks that I've done something wrong, that I think I've done something wrong and I get down on myself. And I've realized finally how many years in this world that I just gotta get over myself. My emotions do not have to be connected to others' thoughts. I've learned a fancy term for it, codependent, right? I'm not gonna get into that, but I have learned that how I feel is often dictated by what other people think of me and think how I should feel. That is a huge thing to uncover. And it's something that I'm going to really dive into in my notebook in February, since this little mic drop moment came at the very end of the month. Now, things to hold on to. There is one thing that happened this month that really just crystallized what I learned in Mind to Matter, that book I talked about earlier, that showed me how true this wooy stuff really is. Right? So in the book, it says your thoughts become things. And if you think a certain way, certain things will happen to you or for you. And if you are stressed about something and you're worrying about that stress, then the universe just kind of sends you more of that stress because what you attend to is where energy goes. If you focus on something else, if you make a decision, if you stick to it, if you let your energy go around it, then better things will happen. I saw this in action this month in a way that just floored me. And now I am just, I am a true believer. So my son has been grappling. My oldest son has been grappling with some big decisions. Do so far, he has been working full-time and going to college full-time. And he's in that, what do I do kind of stage? I like the job I'm in. Do I work full-time and not go to college because I have the job I love? Or do I do both and drive myself crazy? Or do I go back to college, see where it goes, but potentially lose a really great job that I wish I had, right? All those decisions you make when you're growing up of which path do you follow, it, it can drive you crazy. And it was. He was so stressed about it. But one night, he finally just made up his mind of what he was going to do. And it was it was crazy because he was so worried, do I leave the job behind? Do I go back to college? What if I don't get into the transfer college I want? And it was just making him crazy. And finally he said, okay, I've made a decision. I am going to go all into college to see what else I can learn to see what it is I really want to do. If I lose this job, if I can't go part-time, then, It is what it is. If I wish I didn't make that decision, it is what it is. If I don't get into the college that I want, I'll figure it out. Like you just saw he made a decision and you could see the energy shift around him. He felt better. He went upstairs to tell his dad, who was also one of his bosses, what his decision was. And in that moment, they actually granted him permission to work part-time, which is something that no one thought they would be willing to do. He couldn't believe it. He was so happy. He now had the best of both worlds to stay in this organization that he really likes. So he came downstairs. He was happy. He was doing his schoolwork. And in comes the email from the transfer college that he got accepted to the program he wanted. I mean, come on. He had been stressing for so long and then made a decision, was okay with however it went. He would figure it out. And then everything just came to him, literally in his lap within two hours. Now, you may have different reasons for why all that happens. But after reading that book, I am convinced it has something to do with our thoughts, with our energy, and just being open to the options that are right in front of us. If you think I'm strange, I'm sorry, but try it. You might be surprised. What are my ideas for next month? More family time. So this month, was it was a rough month. We had a lot of health challenges and things getting in our way that we really didn't do much at all. And so I want to change that in February. And in February, I am launching on Valentine's Day, my restorative reading course. It's a self-paced journey so that others can think about what restorative reading is how it could help them in their own life, what are the rituals and routines, how do you pick books that are perfect for you and what you want, and then how do you take inspired action from the books you read to make life better? Kind of like I've been talking about in all of my monthly literate love episodes. How is my reading and writing and learning helping me create a life I love? So that will launch on Valentine's Day. And if you want, you can learn more by heading in the show notes. I've got a special kind of pre launch price for those that are willing to jump on this journey early with me and help me figure it out and see where I could take it. So if that interests you, just head to the show notes or head to alitlife.com, click on the learn with Stephanie tab, and you will get all the information you want. Well, That brings us to the end of the monthly Literate Love episode for January 2024. I hope I have given you lots of things to think about and to make your literate life better. And as always, I would love to know what's been on your literate radar for the past thirty or so days. You can go to the show notes at alitlife.com and share what your literate life has been like there. You can find me on social media at Lit on all of your favorite platforms. You could comment in response to the social post for this episode, or you could go ahead and send me a DM and talk to me privately. And remember, there is also the audio response feature For the podcast in all of your favorite podcast platforms, you can just click that button and send me an audio message to let me know what you think of this episode and what books and notebook ideas and things you've been learning that you've been doing that maybe I would like to. I love hearing about it. I love the conversations that come from this episode or this type of episode. And I think it's probably the favorite, my favorite one that I do all month long. Now, remember too, I've got another podcast. If you love children's literature and you want to add more TBR titles to your stack or to the stacks of the young readers around you, you can find me on Kid Lit Love. I release a new episode every Friday where I talk with a new children's literature author about a recent book that they've written. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. It really does my literate heart so much good to know that you want to know about my literate life over the past month, and hopefully you'll reciprocate and do the same so that I can learn about yours. Thanks for listening to this episode, and I will see you next week. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Get Literate Podcast. You'll find links to all the books, resources, and ideas mentioned in the show notes and at alitlife.com. Plus, if you want more, you might like to join my Patreon community. There, you'll find additional inspiration for your reading and writing life, like bonus podcast episodes, bibliotherapy book calendars, monthly book clubs, notebooking challenges, live events, giveaways, and much, much more. It's only $5 a month, and you get instant access to all of the previous content, too. You can learn more at getliterate.co. And one more thing. If you love what you listened to today, please take a moment to rate and review the podcast or take a screenshot of the episode and text it to a friend. This helps the podcast grow and builds our bookish and notebookish community too. Thanks for listening.